Welcome to Actually Best Choice Movies, the world's only movie podcast. Uh, I am one of the hosts. My name is Chris Chafin. And I am one of the hosts. My name is Chris Chafin. Oh, no! It's, which of us is the real Chris Chafin? I know. Uh, I guess I should say my real name, Caleb Shively, but, you know, I just said it, so moving on. Moving on, please. So we don't need to relitigate this all night. Um, yeah, so the show is Actually Best Choice Movies. Every two weeks on Actually Best Choice Movies, we talk about two movies. One of them's older, one of them's newer, and they fit together uh, like two best friends. Would you say, Caleb? Two best friends getting high on the road again, uh, using their lives to better each other's lives. <laughs> yes. Yes. I mean, it sounds crazy, but you're 100% correct, Caleb. <laughs> there are, they are using their lives to better each other's lives. Yes. Uh, so... The two movies this week are Plan B from this year, 2021, and Harold and Kumar Go to White Castle from the year 2004. Uh, that's all this week on Actually, Best Choice. Schmoobies, movies, movies. Um, but before we get to any of that, we're just, this week we wanted to talk about um, the similarities between these two movies because there are a, a lot there are a lot of similarities between these two movies one thing to mention like definitely is that the two writers of Harold and Kumar John Hurwitz and Hayden Schlossberg were the producers of Plan B oh. so that's like a very direct connection between these two movies and a possible reason that they have so many of the same beats you know sure yeah good call good catch I missed that so we're doing Plan B, which is the movie that came out. It's on Hulu. Uh, you could watch it on Hulu because Hulu has movies. But yeah, watching this movie, we didn't have uh, a second movie chosen. We were talking about some other things. Uh, we talked about there's a movie on HBO Max called uh, Unpregnant with uh, Haley Lou Richardson. Uh, there's a couple other like road movies, best friend things we talked about. But then like after watching it, I just like really hit me that like this reminded me a lot of Harold and Kumar in the sense of the leads are minority characters and both of them, these movies are cliche comedies and the fact that they star minorities in such like broad comedies, it really elevates the material makes it more specific and makes it more uh, funnier in general. I would say it was fun to revisit Harold and Kumar too, which we'll get into later because it does and doesn't hold up, which is, you know, the, yeah, nature, I mean, the nature of comedy in general. I totally agree. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I saw somebody say something on Twitter that I'm paraphrasing not very well that they were saying some, you know, jokes are like food or something. It's like they go bad after a certain amount of time, but that doesn't mean they weren't good at a certain point. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I think uh, uh, Seth Rogen talked about this recently when he was discussing uh, jokes are funny at the time. I mean, 30 Rock is very funny at the time, but a lot of 30 Rock is not I love 30 Rock. It's one of the funny shows. Simpsons jokes don't hold up, too. There's a lot of yeah, gay panic true. stuff there, too. And that's the greatest show of all time. And that's comedy. Like, you have to be edgy and you have to be, like, pushing the envelope because you want to see where you can uh, land your jokes. And sometimes it's very funny and sometimes it's just like, ooh. And then... And, yeah, yeah, and a lot of comedy, it's, like, it's funny within the context of that moment because it's, like, this is what people think and you're making yeah. jokes that are either, like, you know, amplifying those things or turning them on their head. But then if in... 20 years i mean harold and kumar is almost 20 years old at this point um yeah 17 wow. people think different things and they you know believe different things the, then the jokes don't really land in the same way at, at all 
Yeah, but they're not I, interfacing with the culture in the way that they're supposed to, you know. But at the time, it was a revolutionary movie for. Uh, it's crazy. It was right. Yeah, yeah, uh, which but is I great. Mean, just to talk about the similarities, right? I mean, they're both like like you're saying, you know, they're both these like road movies, buddy movies, stoner yeah, movies. But there's even like some of the same beats in the movie. Like I was thinking about it. The um, yeah, they run into a bunch of racist guys next to a yeah. big car in the parking lot <laughs> of a gas station, and then the, that those characters come back later on in an unexpected way. Like that <laughs> happens in both of these movies exactly. Do they come back in Plan B. I guess we'll I guess we'll talk about it. But I don't think they, they do. do come back. I, they do come back in Plan B, don't they? They run into the, or do they, do they not? Maybe they don't come back in Plan. They come B. back later in the scene, like they go into the store and then come and out. Then of they the come store. back again. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so technically, true. right? Uh, you know what I think it was? I think there was a time in the movie where I thought they were going to show up and then they didn't, so I was misremembering that. Yeah. You know, but it is like uh, even the nature to say of like how comedy can evolve. Like if if Plan B was a lesser movie, they probably would have come back. Yeah, true. Uh, right. But right, yeah, right. Plan B is a very like I would say Plan B is more uh post super bad post apatow inspired where uh 2004 was when harold kumar came out it was that was like not apatow wasn't taking over as much yet yeah. so it was still very much like american pie yes yeah, sketches think, yeah. kind of just like bunch of it was like yeah, i mean Van it is Wilder. almost like a sketch movie right it's just things that aren't really related yes, to each other yeah. you know and even like uh cal penn came from van wilder and uh uh but yeah it's gonna yeah. be fun to talk about yeah these are both like chris said they're both road movies they're both have a uh, 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 destination they're reaching. Uh, we know from both probably are in the title. Uh, one's trying to get Plan B. One's trying to get White Castle. <laughs> exactly, it's all there in the title. Yeah, yeah, and um, they're almost like textbook like script structure. Yeah, right. They have very strong like act structure and it, act breaks. And, and the, like, both these movies, and we'll, this is what we wanted to talk about them is that they are cliche. They're easy to follow comedies, but they both subvert that in very fun, unique yeah. ways. I mean, it's uh, crazy to think that Harold and Kumar is subversive. Like watching it today, it does not feel no. subversive at all. But it really was, I promise was, you, yeah. at the time, very subversive. Uh, and I guess before one more thing that Chris mentioned that to expand upon uh, before we get into it is that they're both are pretty good stoner movies. This isn't even our 420 episode. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean Harold and Kumar is at this point legendary for uh, there's some great, great weed stuff in that movie. And uh Maybe not a ton of it in Plan B, but there is. It's and it, I think the whole vibe of it. Well, she's like smoking. One of the main characters is smoking weed the entire time. It's a mango yeah, one. Like, you like mangoes? It's a mango one. I, yeah, I, I, and there's discussion of popcorn lung, which mm. I think I know that that's incorrect, but I don't 100 percent know. I'm like a vaping. She advocate, said I so. didn't read the title because I didn't read the article because the title made me hungry. Which is a very good stoner <laughs> line. Yeah, that's really good. Um, yeah, do you want to get into it? Yeah. Okay, so the first movie this week is 2021's Plan B. Right now, puberty is telling you to step on the gas. If your vagina was a car, what would it be? Ferrari. It stays covered up and completely untouched in the garage. Mine would definitely be a Transformer. You think you know her? Boom. Autobots pop out. I feel like if you're following the metaphor, that means you have craps. What? Plan B is the semi-directorial debut of actor Natalie Morales, who you may know from hearing lots of great comedies, including The Grinder, Parks and Recreation, Trophy Wife, and the very, very short-lived uh, Abby's, which was her, like, she was the star of a sitcom. Parks and Rec, you didn't uh, say. Uh, what's that? Did you say Parks and Rec? I did say Parks and okay, Rec. Okay, my bad. Yeah, I said Parks and Recreation, so maybe oh. you didn't. <laughs> yeah. Didn't, Sorry. 
Yeah, so this is like, she had two movies coming out almost exactly the same time. Like, technically, this movie, Language Lessons, I think, is first, or she made it first. I don't know. So this is her second movie, but it's kind of like her first movie. It's a woman-led, teenage, stoner, buddy, road comedy, like we were saying. It's sort of like Harold and Kumar and Superbad and Booksmart, which we did a couple of years ago. Uh, also, you could say it's like the comedic version of Never Really, Sometimes Always, which is sounds weird, and it is kind of weird. The motivating incident of the movie isn't trying to get laid or trying to get to the big party. It's young women trying to access reproductive care in rural America, something that is like basically impossible to do. So that is the very, very serious thing that is setting them on their quest in this movie. Um, it stars, you know, relative newcomers, uh, Kuhu Verma as Sunny, who's this wannabe pre-med who's got a crush on a hot boy, and Victoria Moroles as Lupe, who's an alternative teen, uh, uh, who's got a really strict dad who's also a pastor. Uh, and I'd say the movie works best when it's just the two of them trading banter, you know, joking around about stuff. Um, they have a great chemistry, and it's really fun to see them together on screen. I think... Uh, the movie has some other moments that maybe don't land quite as well. But, uh, you know, on the whole, I'd say I like this movie, but I wasn't, like, super, super in love with it. Um, Caleb, what what did you think? Uh, you know, uh, you just see, I don't really, didn't read too much about it too much. I heard good things from, uh, you know, the Twitter chat and, and like, oh, a fun, light movie. It's like, okay, it's going to be a fun, light movie. And, you know, I it is that. And uh, jokes can... Uh, land for you jokes can't land for you i loved some of the jokes in this movie uh i laughed out loud more than i thought i would uh, i did also yeah. i totally agree right i was laughing out loud kind of a lot yeah it's very fun i thought the structure was interesting enough and yeah the uh, the uh these two girls should be stars sooner than later uh yeah it's uh, of course you're gonna throw, give it to you know the book smart super bad vibes it's and it's very much there but i even got like a more uh, pineapple expressy vibe in the sense that you know it's a little bit more uh, action set piece that has more set pieces in general uh, that yeah, could be in a good yeah, or bad yeah. way uh, especially with you know uh, pineapple express was done by david gordon green who was a very skilled director and as for our first movie natal uh knows how to handle her strengths a lot which is yeah it's it's uh, well directed Sunday. right yeah yeah uh, but yeah, yeah uh yeah uh, yeah let's get into it a little bit more yeah so lupe i think i thought they're not just Lupe is a Latin, Latinx woman. Uh, Sunny mm-hmm. is uh, from uh, Indian descent. Father's a pastor, conservative religious upbringing. And that gets right. We get to know that right away. And then the overbearing Indian mother that gets to be right away. Uh, there's a funny line that she says to uh, Lupe says to her dad. Uh, it's like Jesus wore a dress and no one judged him. And the dad goes, "That's literally all they did. They cr- <laughs> they crucified him." <laughs> great line yeah. oh my god absolutely great line <laughs> but yeah then you uh you, you yeah establish the kids send them off to school show how that dynamic is they're great friends uh they're not popular there's two uh uh skinny girls white girls who make fun of them they're like have crushes on guys but then they like have these like great one-liners they say back to the skinny white girls and they kind of look stupid yeah, yeah, yeah. you know so that's really it's cool, cool. Yeah, so you're good. like on their side you know yeah uh they even get to meet, uh, you know, some other side characters. Uh, like there's this religious boy who comes in and does uh, sleight of hand magic to them. Instead of pulling a quarter out, he pulls off a flattened penny from the corn farm, uh, which is, you know, fun specific. Uh, and then they get yeah, into argument and the argument 
ends with uh, Lupe say, saying to him, how many times do I have to tell you? I don't want to compare churches. <laughs> I know. Dude, this is like the second line in my notes yeah, is that line. line. Like, it was so funny. And that's like... Because it's like, it's it's so perfectly done mm-hmm. as a piece of humor writing. You know what it I mean? Really it's is, like yeah. not what you expect, but it's so funny. <laughs> it's uh, a white character calling out like, oh, you're 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 uh, Mexican. You have a different church than me. How is that different from mine? And what to do it? And it's like, dude... It tells this you so a, much about their relationship. It's like, dude, this right. is a stupid conversation. Yeah, I uh, don't want to compare it to. Her. Yeah, but they also, you know, get, get to be some teenagers. They're as they are teenagers riding the bus and be, being in high school as teenagers do. They do have some fun lingo. Uh, they do say Disney Plus and Thrust, which I thought was Disney very Plus and Thrust. Like yes. that's a thing that I don't think is funny, but I think is very clever. <laughs> Um, and then the, there's also in this early part of the movie, there's a whole scene where Rachel Dratch is the like sex ed oh, teacher scene, yeah. and there's kind of a silly like sex ed movie that they're watching on the TV, but like, it was great to see Rachel Dratch. There's lots of really, really funny people Rachel in this Dad, movie. Playing exasperated better than anyone. Yeah. Just, Oh, I don't know. I should just do this. Being asked questions about the reproductive system she does not know the answers to and getting very upset. You the know? kids being but, smarter than this 80s video they're watching. Very outdated yeah, thing. Exactly. Where they, yeah, I think the joke is that uh, it's a used car. The girl has a used car and the, uh, her groom doesn't like, oh, how many guys have taken a ride in it? And then the kid just asks like, well, why don't we see the guy's car? This yeah. guy have a car. <laughs> He's got a, such a great. He goes like, "This is your car. It's so used." Yeah, and the kids yeah, rightfully just tear this shit down and uh, make jokes about it. Uh, uh, the the hot guy. I, don't, I guess he's the hot guy. Says, uh, "I think the bus. I think I think public transportation. Does that mean I'm fucking everybody?" <laughs> yeah, that's really funny. Yeah, it's yeah, good good stuff. Uh, but you it's know, good stuff. Yeah. We get to see. Well, can that, I just say the? Yeah, go ahead. Oh no, go ahead. Go, no, yeah. I was just saying that uh, that establishes some chemistry between the hot guy who uh, was cast to be a little bit different and uh, Sunny, uh, which is a uh, pays off a little bit as we go into the next scene. But what were you gonna say? Well, I'm just gonna say. I mean, this is skipping ahead a little bit, but just speaking of great comedic actors that have. Uh, important supporting roles in this movie. I mean, the other thing you have to say is Edie Patterson. EDP, is, yeah. has a She has a really great part in this movie as a sort of crazy gas station attendant. And she's doing her Edie Patterson thing that she does in everything, you know, from Comedy Bang Bang to Righteous Gemstones. And she just kind of does varying degrees of it. And it's like a pretty wholesome mainstream version of Edie Patterson, but she's so great also. It's just great to see her on screen. But yeah, uh, da, da, da. yeah. T- uh, so a, a thing that this movie does uh, right after all this high school stuff is they get to a party early. I thought that was a good placement. Uh, well, it's very necessary to the plot as we'll, we'll get into the plot, but they get to a party early, like the classic teen party scene. Uh, Lupe and uh, Sonny throw a party at Sonny's house. Uh, and it's a, a pretty decent scene. Uh, the, the, the drink they make is called Skullfuck. Uh, again, they're like she's Indian and they're uh, and she's Latin and uh, house full of white people. Uh, they're drinking and they come out partying and drinking. Is this what white privilege feels like? That was so fun. That's my favorite line in the movie. Yeah, and when some of the bad white kids walk in the house, they're like, "Oh, I thought it would smell like curry, but it actually smells really normal." Establish how racist uh, the rest of America is. You know, how dumb kids are. It's great. It's a good party scene, and then the, the actual inciting incident of this movie happens. Uh, the guy she wants to, the uh, guy uh, that we see early, uh, leaves with another girl. Uh, aww, oh, aww. and she's a little like she got dressed up. She's a little bummed. Uh, and she ends up hooking up with the guy that they were making fun of is why I mentioned him earlier. That guy, that nerdy Christian dude. Uh, 
just randomly just they were consoling each other like just talking randomly and then like i grabbed your penis we're doing it and they're both like both virgins it's very probably uh true depiction of like teenagers i didn't have sex when i was a teenager i was just like i don't know what i'm doing let's just do it oh my gosh uh and they, they hook up and then uh that's the plot of the movie. <laughs> like the next morning, she pisses out a condom and is like, oh my gosh, uh, we had a party. Uh, the, we need to get plan B. And there you go. There's the title. Uh, and, but yeah, it's a uh, plan B, right? Exactly. Good. And uh, I love how they, and go ahead, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, it's interesting, you know, because it's, so that's the setup, right? Is they need plan B. And, you know, I, I mean, I've been in the situation I've in my life bought plan B, but sure, sure. it is, it's, it's interesting stakes because it's like, it's very serious, but at the same time, like you don't actually know that she's going to get pregnant. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? So they're not like, it's not like she's getting an abortion. Like she's getting plan B. Mm-hmm. And it does like aided by like, uh, she has a overbearing mother. She has this whole life thing planned out for her about. Yeah, right. Going to medical school. Yeah. yeah. So you can see where she's coming. And it's also the first time she's doing it. Uh, but I do also, and also, uh, I love how they treat the hookup with, uh, his name's not Kyle. It's uh, whatever this dude's loser names is, this Christian loser's name is. They treat this hookup as a mistake automatically. Like she doesn't tell her friend that it was him. Uh, yeah. It One, it actually drives the plot too. Like that's the plot of the movie now. Um Right. Uh, two, uh, the dude actually sucks. So of course it's a mistake. This dude sucks. Um, and she actually wants to be with someone else and eventually does as the movie goes, you get to be with someone else. So like, it's good that they treat this obvious mistake as a mistake. Yeah. So the movie in a certain way, like, okay, so when this scene happened, cause the whole thing is it's like, and just from reading the little description on Amazon or Hulu or whatever, it says like after an unsatisfying sexual encounter, a woman has to get, you know, plan B. <laughs> so, and then the movie starts and it's, she's got this crush on this hot guy, but then the hot guy leaves and she has sex with the dweeb that they've set up that it's the dweeb. His name is Kyle. I looked, yeah. His name is Kyle. Okay. Kyle, who is a dweeb though. I think we can agree. Mm-hmm. And um, I just, in that moment, I thought only knowing what I knew up to that moment, I was like, Oh, it's so lame that they didn't have her have sex, her bad sex with the hot guy. Like, I thought that would have been so much funnier and so much more like what movies these days do rather than like going out of its way to set up somebody as the dweeb and then having him be the guy that's really bad at sex. Like, that's just kind of a like one-to-one joke. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I wish I would, I wished that it would have been the hot guy that was bad at sex. I would say... Uh... The way they didn't is to actually further the hot guy's name is Hunter. Of course it is. Hunter, um, of course it is, uh, yeah. They do further some things. They do set up some uh, weird things about him. Like he's a jock who wears a cardigan is how we first are introduced to right. him. He's playing. He's wearing a cardigan <laughs> playing like hockey, like field hockey. Uh, but yeah, they do save him for it. Because he just like turns out to be like a nice guy. And then uh, we're, we're kind of skipping ahead. But maybe I'll save that. I'll, I'll save this. But yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I will say later on in the movie, he you learn more about this yeah, yeah. guy, and, it, and you understand why he isn't. He yeah. is he. They're saving him to be good. Like he comes in later and is good, mm-hmm. you know, uh, which I, is good, and it helps the plot and all kinds of stuff. But it, but just in that moment, I was like, oh well, that's kind of lame. Well, before we move on to the rest of the movie, to the actual one, she realizes that uh, this was like uh, she had she peed out a condom and she might have be pregnant. Uh, a thing she does scream in an exclamatory manner is a goo balloon that's i thought that was very funny <laughs> uh and then uh as they're discussing things like well is there anything else we can do is there an alternative to this plan and then 
her friend literally says, you mean a plan B? I was like, that's a good title line. <laughs> it's so silly. It's so silly yeah. and it's so good. Yeah. So but we, I mean, the, yeah. Go ahead. I, the movie is full of stuff like that. I don't have them all written down in my notes, you know, but like the, like I was saying at the top, like the banter between the two of them is great mm. and they just have really good chemistry, I think. And there's so many lines that I just, I couldn't even remember at all right now, but I can imagine being a teen who watches this movie like 200 yeah, times yeah, totally. and having all of that stuff memorized um, because there's so much, there's just so much good, funny stuff that they say to each other. Um, and I, I think that part of the movie is so Very well funny, done. Yeah. And, and I mean, that speaks to Natalie Morales as a director, because these are two actors who are re- young. They've, they've done stuff, but like not at this level, I would say. And they're both giving great performances and they seem very, very comfortable. And like, you know, that's down to her skill, I would say, as a director, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, having a set where they can actually succeed. It's it's great. And also exactly. uh, putting people around them to help them succeed. Like you, like you mentioned, Rachel Dratch and Edie Patterson. Uh, even I thought the uh, was too racist, they said. So like, yeah, so we were at the point where like they go on a road trip to go to Planned Parenthood. That is the plot. Well, after they can't get the plan B from their local because of the South Dakota right. law of thing. Jay Chandler, another uh, great actor. He's an okay actor. Jay Chandler's car from, uh, <laughs> he's an okay actor, but he's part of the broken lizard. He's a good director. Yeah. Uh, direct a lot of episodes of community. Uh, great, great guy. Uh, he's fine in this movie. Indian mafia. Um, he's fine. Uh, but yeah, there's this running joke where they say Indian mafia because the one character Sunny. Uh, it's like the joke is everyone reports all the Indian, mom. All she, all the adults talk to each other. So anytime you see an Indian yeah. person anywhere, what you're doing and where you are is going to get back to your Which, mom. Which uh, maybe I imagine there is a small Indian community in South Dakota. I don't <laughs> in know. South Dakota. Well, this is one thing I'd like to talk about here. So, like you're saying, so now we're on this road trip because there's there's this law in South Dakota that uh, pharmacists can refuse to give someone Plan B. I guess if they're under 18, because of like a moral objection. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then they, and then there's nowhere to, there's the nearest Planned Parenthood is a three and a half hour drive. And you know, like the speed limit in South Dakota is like 80. So that's like three and a half hours going like really fast on the highway. (laughs) Um, but like, um, I will say this was one kind of criticism I had of this movie was I felt like it it was very selectively set in South Dakota. (laughs) I felt like some scenes it was like very important to mention that it was in South Dakota or there was like rural landscapes, but then a lot of the other scenes it could have, it it wasn't South Dakota at all. You know, if you know what I like, do you, do you know what I mean? Like the kids just seemed cool and normal. I mean, not to talk shit about South Dakota. It might be normal. I I thought that too. Like it might might be be normal. Like it might be just suburbs there that like normal kids who drink and they didn't say like, it's a place that they don't card for drinking i don't know <laughs> so right there could be cool and normal kids in south dakota yeah. but but you know you know what i mean it's i'm it, it's not even even the level of um the killing of two lovers that we talked about before like oh that was very that Utah, yeah. that movie is set in where it's set yeah you it's, know yeah. i don't know there's uh yeah it's more uh broad teen in that regards that it could be anywhere but it's interesting that it was set in south dakota i don't know uh i mean there it's is interesting like, it um, is interesting yeah you know they're on a road trip, the road trip movies, uh, room for jokes there. Uh, a song they listen to on the radio, and they, they do this very in a very fun way, uh, is uh, Do It All for Jesus. It's a rap song. <laughs> like she said, she puts out, oh, what is this? What is this song? Uh, oh, oh. And uh, they're listening to it. And she goes, can I tell you, I secretly love this song, and just starts rapping the whole thing. It's a very <laughs> funny. That's a great Actually, scene, a very yeah. well-written uh, beat and song. <laughs> like, oh, do it all for Jesus. It's, it's good stuff. 
<laughs> yeah, her friend is like, is this Christian trap? <laughs> She's like, yeah, actually, it's great. Uh, also, it was real, that is really funny, and the song is well-written, and then listening to them sing it is pretty funny. And I mean, I would guess the other major thing to say about this movie, so like you're saying, it's a road trip, they're on a road trip. Um, oh, actually, before I get to this, let me say this other thing. So did you, I, you know, I maybe this is just me knowing the movie is directed by Natalie Morales, who is like roughly our same age. I felt like the ambient culture choices in the movie made it seem like it was not 1998, not 2020, you know? Mm-hmm. Did you feel this way? Like, like when they go into the house party with the scary punks in the woods, they're listening to Creed. And when they're driving in the car, it's all like mu- pop music from 1998. When they're watching the video in Sex Ed, it's on a TV with a fucking VCR on a cart in the middle of the room. The music choice that stuck out to me was uh, an Ida Maria, the, the Ida Maria song they listened to at a party. I was like, that was like 2007. That was like a college song we listened. I listened to it. Like, yeah, kids. they listened to Delamitri's Roll to You in this movie. <laughs> like, Delamitri's Roll to You is in this fucking I, I, I don't know. It's... It could, that could be a South Dakota thing where they're like that far behind. <laughs> they're just getting Delamitri's role to you. That's what the radio stations are like. And they're still listening to the radio. Yeah, there's not a ton oh of technology. God. There's like a find your phone app and cell phones in general. There is. At about 25 minutes into the movie, Catherine said to me, "What? when is this movie set? And I was like, oh, I think it's set now. And then I was like, oh, remember there were iPhones in the first scene. And she was like, oh, yeah, okay. Because everything else makes it seem like it's the 90s, really. They did reference uh, a lot of more modern drugs. Uh, there is a very sweet drug buying yeah, scene. Yeah, okay, that's true, the drugs. There yeah. actually is a very sweet drug buying scene <laughs> where like, uh, they, they're at a playground, of course, obviously, to buy drugs from uh, the guy who sells drugs. Uh, and they don't have money to to do it, uh, and they can't do it. So they have to. Uh, he's like, "Oh, you could suck my dick," uh, and like, "Whoa!" Taken aback by it. And then they they's like, "You know what? I'll suck his dick." And then like, "No, no, no! I can't live with myself if you suck his dick." I thought that was like, you know, it could be very like jokey, but like, no, this is actually very sweet. Uh, like they really care about each other's scene. I was like, they're they're picking dicks for each other. I love these girls. I, that's when I like really clicked. That movie clicked for me there a little bit. But like, I mean, and I agree with everything you just said, but at the same time, you're leaving out the fact that it actually is a huge joke. <laughs> it's a huge joke. Oh, it's a big set piece of a joke. It's, it's a big it's, set piece with a huge joke. It is very jokey. Yeah, it's, you it's, know? it's insanely jokey. It's great. Uh, I don't want to spoil that scene. Go watch that. It's, uh, it might live longer as one of the funnier scenes of the movie, but yeah, it's a great, great scene. I mean, Caleb, I don't want to tell on my... Like, let's just say that you do see a dick in this yeah, scene. And like, I don't want to I mean, tell on should, myself. You should see I, dicks in movies, I always say. You I see agree, I agree. Yeah. No. I was I like I, I don't want to tell on myself, but I saw this movie and I was like, I was like that guy has a huge dick. Like it's a big prosthetic dick. It is huge, right? Like please tell me it looked huge. It's huge, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's like a a a, a child's arm. I get, we can skip a little bit because you know there, it goes on its road. We don't want to spoil too much, but they do. Yeah, Amy Patterson yeah. is funny, and you know. Yeah, but they do. Uh, it does lose speed once it hits a destination. And it's not the final destination. It's uh, they go to a bowling alley, which is established at like. Uh, uh, a friend, uh, a person that uh, uh, Lupe, Lupe is uh, talking to is at this bowling alley with her band, uh, with their band. I should, ooh, I spoiled it. Uh, with the band, uh, and then you know, it, it loses speed, but that's not necessarily a bad thing because the characters get built up a lot from there. Because Hunter is yeah. also at this bowling alley, so right. when they get to this bowling alley, we get uh, the two young performers, uh, Kuhu Vimer and Victor Malis, just really get to like hold a movie now to and like hold their scenes uh like lupe is 
her character is deepened and drawn out. There is a little bit of a spoiler that I might have just spoiled a little bit. Uh, oh, yeah, because we know during the movie that son, uh, that Lupe's been texting with Logan and is like really wants to go see Logan. Yeah, so she sees L- Logan at this thing, and uh, there is a twist there, which is very good. It, it, again, it deepens and draws out the character and makes it's you think good, about the character right? in new ways. It's it's very very good. Uh, I, it caught me off guard. Because the way they even film it is just like, oh, Logan's this lead singer of this band. He's such a dick, but it's not this lead singer of the band. It's someone else. Someone uh, else in the band. And then, yeah, yeah with, exactly. with Sonny, like I said, uh, Hunter is there. And shout out to this Hunter character. who, Like we talked about, I said I'd talk about him later. But he's, they just sit down and they have a nice conversation. They openly talk about sex. Like she tells him about the uh, hookup she had the last night. And he's just being a very sensitive male, which is just like probably oh, should great. be more depicted in teen movies it's positive role model right i mean For he's sure, being yeah. a very positive and it's interesting because in that moment you realize they first started talking and flirting in the sex ed class where he's saying all this stuff and then it's like but then he's living those commitments out in the world which is like just great to see you know mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i mean you know what i yeah, mean I do, right? Right? yeah 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 and so it's really cool, you know, because you just in 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 a, in a movie like this, often the guy would get mad at this point. Oh, sure, sure, yeah. Especially if he is like a hot guy, which we've set up that he's the hot guy. Um, but he he is actually very cool, and it's very interesting and nice to see. He actually cares and has, is is more three dimensional than the standard what we're led to believe. Too, uh, yeah, it subverts that trope too, which is great. Uh, but yeah, I don't want to spoil it too much. But yeah, when they slow down, it just solidifies a little bit of it becomes the characters. More like a romance, yeah, it right? solidifies yeah. the characters and it also bonds these people too. Like uh as uh Sunny gets to have that twist that the audience gets to her and uh it also uh at this point uh Lupe doesn't know about uh that that nerd guy took her virginity and that also comes out during this. It really just bonds these characters more through the doing this. There's also like, you know, uh the dumber comedy stuff like the van is stolen and there's uh One's on high on PCP and they're doing a hide and seek on drugs. It's funny and it's yeah, interesting, right. but it's, I, I thought. Somebody gets covered yeah. in mud. And like it's one of those things where like, oh, I see these jokes. I'm not really into the jokes. I was more into the characters, which is, you know, more on me as an audience member being like, oh, I'm actually in more of the characters than your jokes you're giving me. Uh, but then they actually, that scene's over. And then the rest of the movie happens and they do go to uh, the final destination. They go to the Planned Parenthood. I thought it was a very poignant decision to have. The Planned Parenthood being shut down and like the characters break down a little bit. Talk about spoilers, Caleb, for God's sakes. Like the whole movie is about them trying to get to the... I pick and choose what to spoil. <laughs> and um, so they are, they have this moment. I mean, I was, yeah, it's very poignant where the Sunny, she's standing in the parking lot and she just goes like, fuck. And you can just see her thinking like, what the fuck am I supposed to do now? Like you've been through so much stuff and to get to this Planned Parenthood and it's gone, right? And I, I will say, like, so that's a very good scene, and it's it's good in a lot of ways. But uh, I th- I personally thought it was, like, a little heavy-handed, kind of, because as they walk up to the Planned Parenthood, they're, like, walking over, like, discarded protest signs yeah. that are in the street, which is, like, I, you, I uh, you're leading me to believe this place was, like, shut down, like, today. <laughs> you know what I mean? Which, well, I mean, I guess yeah. that could happen, but, you know. There is some, I don't know. Uh, so that it's shut down, and then there is... Luckily, luckily, uh, the movie is smart enough to like wrap it up shortly after, and they just wrap yeah. it up with a couple grace notes. Like uh, even that guy Kyle calls back and has this nice speech about forgiveness. He ties it to religious, which you know religion is all about forgiveness, but it's very, very nice scene. Uh, and then you get a nice scene with Lupe and her dad. 
and love is the answer there. And then uh, the mom and uh, Sunny and her mom, uh, like her mom looks at her as a human being after this, like not really fight fight. And then, you know, they finally get plan B because obviously that happens at the end of this movie. And they do that end on a joke. We're done. And it's, I was like, oh, that's a very uh, concise, easy going, easy to movie that went down easily. And yeah, very good. Agreed. <laughs> it, I mean, it, it is, it's easy to watch. You know, it's got some laugh, more laugh out loud moments than you would think for a movie like this. Right. You know, and, and it is like, you know, look, I'm almost 40 years old, Caleb. I'm ancient, but you know, I, I imagine watching this movie as a teen, you know, like, and obviously it wasn't made by teenagers. I don't know how much of it would really connect with teens, but like, you know, I could see liking it a lot if I were a younger person than myself, you know, oh, for some sure, of the yeah. things that are maybe a little hackneyed or whatever. It's like, maybe you haven't seen this a thousand times in, in movies, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, the next movie we're going to talk about Harold and Kumar stuff in that certainly is hackneyed, but I personally had not seen it a thousand times. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, I agree with that. Yeah, it is. And that is Harold and Kumar is a movie that doesn't benefit from hindsight. Uh, But I wouldn't say that I even liked uh, to compare it to another uh, movie that's obviously there, like we said, uh, Booksmart. Like, I liked it better than Booksmart. Uh, Nothing against Booksmart too much. It just, uh, there was just more specific things in Plan B that uh, I liked. And joke-wise, I thought it was, like, more uh, short jokes other than, like, big, big, weirder... uh, I don't know. I, I have problems with Booksmart. Like kind of it, more like situation jokes. Yeah, and there is stuff I love about Booksmart. I always say Michael Bryan is one of the funniest things in that movie. Uh, and I don't hate Booksmart at all. I think it's a good movie. Uh, I just don't. And we did it on the show, right? Did, I don't yeah. think we did because I looked at I, think... uh, <laughs> I, I did control F on the, our page and I couldn't find oh, it. Oh, really? I thought I, we maybe did too. We didn't. I thought we did too. Maybe the episode has been deleted on the internet. might uh, have just did it in... Uh, how we used to just talk about other movies sometimes. Oh yeah. I remember that. That was crazy. <laughs> An episode would last four hours and we have to edit oh, it down. Oh my God. We just go on and on and on about stuff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we refined the format a little bit as time went on. Yeah. Uh, I see. I, I don't know. I mean, I haven't obviously rewatched Booksmart in a long time, but I, what I thought was, especially watching it with Harold and Kumar, which we'll talk about in a minute. I thought it was astounding to me how little it had updated the beats of like the teen stoner road mm-hmm. comedy. It just seemed very, very by the numbers. And I thought Booksmart at least was like doing some different numbers, you know, like it wasn't exactly the same movie that people have been making for 20 years with some tweaks for the times, you know, would you have, would you like to say anything else about it before we move on? Uh, I think we got it all in there. Yeah, let's go on. Cool. Um, the next movie we're talking about is. Do you mind that I'm doing this? Yeah. Okay. Great. The next <laughs> movie that we're talking about. <laughs> I just want to make sure, you know, like. Don't step on my toes. You're good. That's what I'm. I would love to not step on your toes. The next movie that we're talking about is 2004's Harold and Kumar Go to White Castle. Harold never got too far with the ladies. The only girls who are interested in me are girls I have no interest in. <laughs> Kumar never got much respect. What kind of name is that anyhow, huh? Kumar. What is that, like five O's or two U's? But tonight... In the next couple of hours, I expect both of us to be blitzed out of our skulls. <laughs> they're going on a trip. Get up, we're going to White Castle. We're starving. They'll never remember. I forgot my cell phone. You want to run back and get it? No, we've gone too far. 
The brilliance of Harold and Kumar go to White Castle in part lies in its stupidness. Yes, it is a studio comedy with stoners and gross-out humor where the plot is in the title, but within these constraints lies room for subversion. The two lead stoners are Harold Lee, a Korean-American, and Kumar, an Indian-American, and both are intelligent, well-informed young men that just so happen to love weed. Relatable! Another example of subversion I'd be remiss not to mention, we have a requisite farting scene, but in the world of Harold and Kumar, the flatulence is done by two hot babes at Princeton. So along this journey to a white castle, sure, we get one-note racist extreme punks, a rabid raccoon loose in the car, and a cheetah escaped from the zoo, but also there's Kumar successfully performing surgery on a gunshot wound, an an imprisoned black man completely underlining the real racism that exists in America within a few lines, and also the complete reinvention of one Neil Patrick Harris. Not saying Harold and Kumar is some extravagant piece of counterculture art. No, a lot of the jokes jokes don't hold up, and honestly, they skew very homophobic. Uh, but still, to have two leads of color given the opportunity to co-headline a mainstream movie and have that movie become financially success, successful, as well to launch a franchise, to have an Asian and Indian man not portrayed as stereotypes, but as full-fledged characters who go through changes then becoming characters audiences want to revisit? Well, that is something. Chris, do you remember 2004? I do, Caleb, and this movie was a startling reminder of how <laughs> many things about it had slipped my mind. Like For sure. It is wild to remember how crazy shit was back then, like in the post-American Pie teen movie landscape where there was so much nudity and so much, like talk like people say the word pussy in this movie like a hundred times in the first 10 minutes you know it's like crazy i forgot that this is what culture was like and in a certain sense harold and kumar is trying to like comment on and subvert that culture but in another sense like malin ackerman is naked in the Mm -hmm. movie (laughs) you know like it's not it's also not subverting that at all yeah that is just what's happening in the movie i would say Um, it's poking holes and uh and indulging in stereotypes it's like Doing things that are stereotypical, uh, but uh, also like calling them out too. Like a good example is, uh, you know, Kumar even says "thank you, come again" in this movie. Uh, yeah, uh, I, my favorite scene in this movie is the uh, black the prison scene with the, the black man. Uh, his name is Gary Anthony Williams, a great actor, great uh, actor, and yeah. lots of stuff. Right, uh, he's in Malcolm in the Middle. He's right, the he's, dad, he's the Stevie's big... dad in yeah. Malcolm in the Middle. He's a great improv actor. Uh, yeah, uh, very underrated actor. I love seeing him pop up. But yeah, he has. Uh, this nice speech, like he underlines racism in America and like how hard it is. And he gives sage advice about how to deal with people who are ignorant. And then he adds at the end, plus I have a big penis. That keeps me happy. So it like <laughs> it's really funny. says like really smart things and just like pops the bubble too. It's um, it's great. It's, it's I, I great. really, really enjoy that stuff. I think and he's such a gentle guy. Yeah. That, like hearing him say it is great. It's really funny. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah. It's not even just like the Indian and uh, there's a lot of Harold is Asian. Uh, they never say come out and say he's Korean, but I know John Cho is Korean, so I said Korean. I guess because they cast us, uh, there's a party Asian scene, and they 
probably didn't ask all of their <laughs> uh, Asian countries. There is a, there is a, yeah, in that Asian party scene, though, he is told that there is kimchi chicken, which is Korean. So maybe that is, you know. As Bobby Lee, Bobby Lee is also in this movie. I, I believe he, I forget what he Yeah, that's Bobby Lee yeah. has this line. Yeah, who at the time, I guess, would have been like extremely famous for his work on Mad, Mad TV, TV, right? Yeah. Which, extremely famous. Everyone was tuning into mad tv then <laughs> but like so you're saying do i remember 2004 i mean what's crazy about this is we were talking about um super bad this movie is three years before super bad yeah. so it's very interesting to think about i just think of that as being such an old and such a foundational comedy movie of this type of of movie but it is interesting it's like you're pointing out that it is it does have that like broken lizard energy almost right where it's like just a bunch of random things they just or like even half-baked is a movie that's like that like this is what these kinds of comedy movies used to be like yeah they didn't they weren't about like an emotional journey even if that technically was like the payoff really they were just like a bunch of funny scenes like stapled Mm -hmm. together i would say the closest movie we've covered on this podcast to it is probably a casino man just a big studio like here's some oh my God. people will throw in a movie here's with an idea no we didn't do encino man we did oh Bio yeah Dome. i i don't blame myself for getting those movies confused <laughs> <laughs> i think encino man is like a way better movie i would agree I mean, with that yeah. and it's only because uh uh biodome is that horrible of a movie yeah, yeah, i do really remember bad. things from encino man i'm uh but but anyway uh, uh there is like it's a smart movie that just Part of its smartness is like it doesn't care how smart it is to like, yeah, I know. Like it everyday racism is very much baked into this plot. Like the movie starts off with like his white coworkers making him do work and even saying, like, oh, the Asian guy loves doing numbers. He doesn't care. You probably made his weekend. Uh it does stuff like that. Uh I mean and, and that whole not to interrupt, but that that whole sequence, like you're talking about that opening of the movie, that is one of the things people at the time talked about being really subversive because we're starting with these two white hotshot white guys that are blowing off work to go like have try, try to have sex with hot girls. And normally the movie follows those people out and on their adventure, but this movie stays with the guy that he dumps his work onto. Mm-hmm. So like at the time that was like oh this is a really cool you know turn you wouldn't normally see in a movie, uh, um, but luckily we do get uh, Kumar at his first scene as he's being uh, interviewed for med school wonderfully by uh, the great Fred Willard, uh, and he just completely blow within second like oh uh, Indian guy at med school I get it like that's the within a instantly he b- breaks the uh, mold of like what you think of and then he just like. Sorry, I'm gonna take this phone call and start saying, "Well, we're gonna get, we're gonna, it's fucked up. Let's do some drugs." Like during an interview, it's like, "Okay, that's a, a subversion." Like it establishes the character right away because Kumar is the more fuck up, more fun of the two, and, and that's like, great. We need one of those characters in this movie. But in this scene, it also establishes this thing too, like you mentioned earlier, like it's representation for people who are very smart and capable people, but who also would prefer to get high all the time instead of like. You know, there is a scene, there's a part where Cal, um, Cal Penn says, uh, well, just because you're hung like a horse doesn't mean you have to do porn, or he says <laughs> yeah, something like that. He does say that. Like he actually idea, says moose. <laughs> a moose, hung like a moose. The idea is, like, just because you're talented at something, like, are you required to do it? You know, can you do something else? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of an interesting idea the movie's playing with, but doesn't really, like, fully in, interact with it in any way. Yeah, you know? the movie does do that a, a lot. Like, they even, like, you know, there's a big speech about the American dream that really comes out of nowhere. I mean, like, maybe their American dream is just to, like, get stoned and, hang out which is a great which is a great dream yeah go to white castle that's 
what they want to do. In complete layman's terms, uh, the movie is about, you know, two outsiders who are shunned and oppressed for what and who they are, and their desire for uh, more decency and commonplace in uh, America is settled within uh, consumerism, in this case, a white castle. Uh, and this is how they try to gain acceptance. This is me trying to put something bigger on this movie. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, I don't the, know. All the while they're overcoming obstacles and, you know, they're sharing oh laughs God. along the way. They're sharing laughs along the way. But I think, I mean, I think the genius of this movie and sort of the difficulty of uh, Plan B is that, you know, what's what's delightful about this movie and refreshing is that the stakes are incredibly low. Mm-hmm. They just want to go to White, White Castle. Castle. Really just and it's they're, they're having this, like, ridiculous quest when it's like, you know, they're so fixated on doing it and they're just going to get fast food, you know, and they pass up having several other kinds of fast food in the movie <laughs> because mm-hmm. they just want to have White Castle. And, oh, I just think that's, you know, and that that's that's funny, you know, that's funny and silly and especially at the time was pretty unusual. You know, the director had also directed Dude, Where's My Car, which is a similar kind of thing. Yeah, it very but much I, is, yeah. But yeah, a little bit, a little bit better than that. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit better. You went from a and, four to a six on this one. <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent. And but so I but I I sometimes had a problem with the very with the light like everything works out tone of Plan B given the serious stakes of of what they were doing. Sure, sure. You know, I, I in a way I think it works better that in Harold and Kumar that they're just trying to get. You food know what? Back, I, I, you know? I, I I I do agree with that it's just very nice and fun that it. It's dumb, and then so much insane shit can happen. I alluded to like the cheetah and all this stuff. There's, I mean, there's a bunch of great stuff that happens. There, uh, there's a party at Princeton. Uh, uh, of course, I'm going to mention my favorite part of the movie, uh, Freak Show. Uh, their car breaks down. They get picked up by this religious nut named Freak Show, covered in boils. It's the great actor Christopher Maloney. Christopher Maloney. About three years after, in yeah, his, three years yeah, after Gene, after on What Hot American Summer, getting to be that fucking funny as he can be absolutely hilarious in this movie just takes it to another level it could be a different movie it almost transported out of but there's a lot of scenes that were just like he's so good in this movie (laughs) i i love my my favorite christopher maloney is like disturbing cameo in a comedy movie christopher maloney i mean like you said him in wet hot american summer so so good in that movie he's a he's a scene stealer uh he steals his scenes here Uh, there's a lot of i'll do roll call again uh you know they have uh comparable stoner friends that are both Jewish and uh, David, the great David Krumholtz, who I always the say. Great I love. David Krumholtz. Yeah. Eddie K. Thomas. Yeah. Another American pie guy. Uh, I mentioned Fred Willard's in this movie. Uh, Ryan. Yeah. Reynolds, Anthony, like, Anthony Anderson. Anthony great Anderson's scene. great in this movie. I, I forgot how funny he can be I, as a person who watches blackish every week. He just has a real, he has a, just a one little scene in this movie where he's wearing a, a, like a foam cowboy hat and he's working in a window at a fast food place. Yeah. And he just seems to be giving, he's giving so much and, some of the stuff I w- seems like it's just him really committing, like where he's running around throwing everything in the room down on the ground. You know, it's like really good, and he's screaming like "burn it to the ground." <laughs> great, great yeah, actor. Always love great. seeing he's him. Uh, uh, Ryan Reynolds in this movie because, of course, he is. We mentioned Gary Anthony Williams and Bobby Lee, uh, but Jamie Kennedy has an uncredited, really weird role. Like they just pull over to go pee on the side of the road, and he's pees at a bush. It's middle of nowhere, dark at night. And Jamie Kennedy just walks up and says, like, oh, why did you pee here? There's every bush. And he's like, yeah, I wanted to pee on this bush, too. 
Very weird. What, it's your bush? Nobody else could pee on this bush? Yeah. Jamie Kennedy, man. That's If you want to date this movie in 2004, put Jamie Kennedy in Well, it is funny because there's this kind of thing, which I don't think I had ever picked up on before this rewatch, where there's this running, for Harold and Kumar, subtle joke that everyone Cal Penn meets uh, wants to have sex with him, especially men. Like every man that he meets wants to have sex with him. And there's several scenes where like men like put their hands on his hands or this thing with Jamie Kennedy. It's like kind of like Jamie Kennedy wants to have sex with him, you know? Sure, and sure. I was like, I, I hadn't noticed that before. Um, and I would think that's one, that's one of the jokes in this area. That's like, it still plays, I would say today, but there are many, many like, super homophobic things yeah. in this movie, especially right at the beginning, which are like very off-putting, right? Yeah, uh, which is a movie skewed, skewed towards men as uh, all the characters or the actors we just named there are very male. Uh, even, uh, you know, uh, we I bring up all these people, we cannot talk about the great Neil Patrick Harris. This was what kind of made his right. career. This is what, uh, like, he has this whole second career only because yeah, of this only movie, because which this is movie. insane. Which is, and also, like, we're saying how male it is, and he is very much the worst of all these male characters. And it's funny because you know he's acting as he is a uh, openly gay man, uh, so it's fun right, to see exactly. him be this. Like, it's more acceptable that he's this way. Partying with strippers, <laughs> you know? Uh, we're watching, it's like, It oh. is crazy to think this movie totally reinvented his career. And, and this, I think this kind of comedy character comes from this movie like of course the next example i'm thinking of is like ken jeong in the hangover movie oh sure sure yeah just like uh, it's a very similar type of character right very over the top unbelievable just throw all your best jokes to to someone just to doing absolutely the most ridiculous stuff you could possibly yeah. be doing and it's like so silly you know and it's funny because nph had this whole career as first as barney and uh, you know how i met your mother and then lots of other stuff since then but seeing it's it's hard to recreate that feeling of how this cameo played at the time For real, like when we, he literally hadn't done shit yeah in, since they still the call 90s him doogie in this movie yeah they call him doogie hauser because that's the only thing that he had ever done you know and it was a part of the word of mouth of this movie like oh you see that harold kumar like yeah it looks kind of stupid and like oh new patrick harris is really funny in it like and then you'd see it be like yeah that's true he's fucking great in this he's movie really, he's really funny in this movie he really is um, some firebackers yeah. He's just committed. He's just committed so hard. He's committing 100%. He's just having a lot of fun, obviously. He's obviously having a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, yeah, it's a fun movie. There's, again, there's room for all these people because it's a road movie and there's dumb shit just happens. Uh, and I said, like, it's everyday racism is very much ingrained. Uh, and part of that is complicit racism. And that is very much ingrained, too. Like, Carol and Kumar themselves also, like, in, are part of a problem too, which is a true thing. Like uh, I'm an Asian man. I'm not perfect. There is things that I should do better. Uh, and I'm, I'll give you examples in this movie. Uh, they see a point, they see uh, two lookalikes and while they're going to New Jersey and uh, a, a, another Asian and Indian man, they do nothing as they get beat up. Uh, they go to a convenience store and the convenience store man is being harassed by these, by the extreme boy punks. Uh, and they don't really do anything. They, I, mean, they say I love something. that you call them extreme boy punks. That's yeah. really, it's good. You're extreme, right. Yeah. They are extreme boys. Uh, I mean, that jail scene, they use that as this, they escape from that jail scene by, well, this man, hold on, he's got a gun. It's a book. Uh, they just leave. 
So there's like just. I mean, that scene, watching that scene in 2020 of these all these cops yeah. swarming in and going like, "Stop resisting! Stop resisting!" When we've now seen that in so many videos of people yeah. who have been been murdered, this is a movie you know, a, a stoner comedy from 2004, laying it bare. It's yeah, holds right? up more than that's the best scene in the movie. Uh, it really is because it's so dead on. It's, it's so completely 100% right. Scarily dead on and without not being funny. It's very funny, too. It's sad. It's great. It's That's what art is. Uh, that scene holds up more than others. <laughs> so what else do you want to say about Harold and Kumar? Um, uh, I mean, I, I hate to say, like, I did find all the sexism and all the homophobia, like, very off-putting in this movie. It is. And to be thrown back into this, like, Maxim magazine culture, yeah, I, I was like, I can't believe this is what culture was like. Mm-hmm. This is awful. It is a take a good and you take the bad. And uh, I think as uh, Harold and Kumar, I don't want to say experts, but we might as well be just because we've seen them all, but we're not experts. <laughs> Uh, I do think the Escape from Gatuano Bay, the next one, is a better film. It's more stonery. The stakes are bigger. It's more about. It has more of those uh, race subversion jokes where they'd be like, "Oh, hey, here's the stereotype," and then just flip it on you. There's a lot more jokes in it. It also has a great uh, antagonist played by uh, Rob Corddry, who Rob Corddry, very yeah, funny. Uh, that movie, I thought like that was his like, "Oh, wait, he should be casting everything." That was my light bulb moment on Rob Corddry. But also, uh, you know, Neil Patrick Harris goes thing bigger in the next one it's just a bigger movie which as a sequel of course you do because you have money to do things um and you know the christmas one's fine too i think me and chris saw that one we saw it together yeah. together and, we were very high yeah uh, um you know caleb i i i like you and i respect your opinion and we did see the christmas one together i'm a sucker for christmas movies and for weeds so like that was a big deal for me um, but, uh, I, I do, I have to disagree with you. I really actually really dislike the second movie. I just think it has a lot of really lazy, like Bush era jokes of I like mean, George Bush is a character in the movie. <laughs> yeah. You know, like kind of sub, um, Ricky Bobby level, like, you know, making fun of, I like Ricky like, Bobby, but yeah. So I'm saying this is below that. Oh. <laughs> it's below that. Yeah. I mean, so is the other, both of these movies are below <laughs> and that movie's not even that high to begin with. <laughs> Caleb, let's say you had to pick one of these two movies mm-hmm. uh, to, or you would have some kind of, you know, awful situations you had to overcome with the help of your best friend. Man, that vague intimidation makes me really want to choose. Movie. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with plan B. Uh, I really, really liked it. Uh, uh, even as uh, we're doing this for the movie, I uh, put it on in the background. I was doing work today just to hear jokes, just like, okay, I, I need to do work. That's but cool. I, don't remember the exact phrasing of things. So I'm just going to listen to it again. And uh, it, it is 2004. So like 17 years, there's things that hold up, which are great. Uh, uh, like, uh, it's always fun to have Rachel Zavirgin and, and John Cho and Cal Penn have gone, have great careers. Uh, I love John Cho. He's one of my favorite actors. He sh- should be starring in things consistently as, as he is. Uh, but it, doesn't hold up as well. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's a movie with uh, Andy K. Thomas and Jamie Kennedy. It's not that. Yeah. It's not super funny. Like it's, I mean, a, it's Jamie a, Kennedy is in this movie. What yeah, else do you need to it's hear? It's at best know? a B minus if I had to give it a, a grade. Uh, which is, yeah. but it is oddly important. Uh, like uh, as a Asian stoner, like I see myself in this movie very, very much. I, I, I can't deny that it's very. Uh, formative for me too i'm as uh, as a person who a stoner who goes to white castle too <laughs> and it is interesting to look back on it and think like yeah. you know it's a movie about 
people of color, right? You know, but and it is it does have stuff about racism and and, and but it's it's weird how it wasn't that's not necessarily part of the legacy of the yeah, movie. People, people uh, don't yeah. think about that. Yeah, racists can like <laughs> and I'm, do many I'm sure do like the movie. Yeah, there is a great I mean there's a just a universal scene where uh, Kumar uh, imagines himself a life with a giant bag of pot and they get married and have kids. Oh my God. It's so <laughs> beautiful. I, I, that's that, one yeah. of my favorite, that's maybe the most inspired thing in the whole movie. Cause it's first, it's just like, Oh, he loves this pot so much. And then he imagines they're like going out on a date and then they're like fucking, and then they're getting married, which, okay, that's pretty funny. And then they're having an argument later on in their marriage, which is really, really funny. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful fantasy from uh, oh, Kumar. So beautiful. Kumar yeah, Caleb, uh, I got to agree with you. Plan B, uh, 100%. Definitely, you know. there are, Like you said, there are parts of it that drag a little bit. And I would say maybe there's a little too much character stuff in the movie, whereas maybe I would prefer to have a tiny bit less of that. But um, compared, you just, these days, I mean, look, rewatching Carol and Kumar right now, like, that's rough, dude. Mm-hmm. There's... There's stuff that if if you were to show that to like a modern day fifteen year old, they would be like, "What the fuck is this? Like, you want? Are you like this movie? Like, what is wrong with you?" Um, because there's some stuff that's pretty hurtful, I would say, in it. Um, but you know, not to say there's not other parts of it that are genius. And and also, as you said, it's very influential. It really established a lot of stuff. Uh, and I mean, you could say like super, it, you know, it reinvigorated the idea of a stoner movie. I mean, yeah. following on from half baked, which was like, that was like really big, you know, obviously I, I watched that movie a million times, but Harold, that was, you know, a few years before this movie and Harold and Kumar really kind of brought it back up. And then of course you get super bad and all the, you know, Judd Apatow, Seth Rogen movies. And then the whole main uh, stream culture of weed in general where it's legal everywhere including exactly. where in new york and would we be legal be... <laughs> would we be legal without harold and kumar caleb i ask you this question yeah i'm gonna say no <laughs> who's i think this? not who will say will be legal who's to, we can't ever know for sure who can, we never will know but i'll say without harold and kumar it never would have happened yeah never would have happened <laughs> um all right that's the show for this week everybody peace out it was so cool to talk to you peace out brothers and sisters and people who are others. <laughs>